Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 81. And today I am joined by Miss Andrea M. Campbell. Hello, Andrea. Hello, hello, John. Good, good afternoon to you. It's afternoon here in London. Yeah, afternoon for you in London and evening for me here in China. So it's such a pleasure to have you on, Andrea. Thank you for joining me this evening, afternoon. Thank you for having me. Sure. And Andrea is based in London and she is a social entrepreneur, author, linguist, inventor, and inspirational speaker. So Andrea has a passion for empowering vulnerable people. The organization she founded over the last 15 years have helped children with special educational needs, individuals with learning difficulties, people who are out of work and seeking employment, as well as families and guardians of disabled children. She's an inspiration to women facing life challenges and is keen on promoting personal and professional development. She's of Caribbean heritage and currently resides in London with her family. Andrea is also a social entrepreneur. Um, In 2006, she co-founded ACT Training, which is a London-based social enterprise to provide employability skills to people who are out of work and seeking to secure sustainable employment. In 2013, she co-founded Camp Tease Foundation, a not-for-profit organization that supports frontline organizations working with disabled people living in deprived communities, enhancing their learning opportunities for play and health. Andrea is an author. She enjoys writing and in 2010 published two nonfiction books. Her first book is Practical Business ABC, a guide for budding entrepreneurs, which explores her own journey in business as well as the journeys of several business and motivational personalities and presents them in an inspiring A to Z text for budding entrepreneurs. Her second book is the Jamaican Proverbs, People and Places, is a chronicle of Jamaican proverbs, sayings, folk songs, places of interest, outstanding nationals, historical information on Jamaica, symbols, food, flora, fauna, amongst others. She is obviously a proud Jamaican, (laughs) originally from Jamaica, and she's an inventor, um, which is something we're going to talk about today. She's developed the pocket learner an educational development system geared primarily towards the support of children deemed slow learners and those with special educational needs. She is a linguist. Andrea, prior to doing the work that she does, was in the diplomatic corps and lived, you told me, Andrea, in Mexico and in Belgium before you left. Yeah. Yes, yes. She has a flair for languages. She speaks French, Spanish, Portuguese, Uh, alongside her native English, and she's a qualified Spanish-English translator and interpreter. So she could have easily stayed and become a diplomat or work for the UN or one of the world's international organizations, but she chose to branch out and do her own thing instead. She's also an inspirational speaker and blogger, and her qualifications include a master's in linguistics and an MBA degree and a host of other accolades. We could go on and on and on. Andrea, thank you again. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me, John. Thank you. Yeah. So our topic today is going to be from frustration to innovation. And I'm really excited to learn more about the pocket learner and how you went from frustration to innovation. So before we jump into the topic, would you like to tell us more about you, where you come from, and how you got into the work that you're doing now. Right, yes, certainly. I, as you said earlier, I, I worked earlier on in, in my career, um, diplomatic service, Jamaican diplomatic service, and I was posted to, to, to Mexico and also to Belgium. And um, it was good. I enjoyed it at a time, and I, I, I did make some money and all that. But then I realized later on in my life that it wasn't just about money I wanted to impact the world. And little did I know what I was asking for, because in 2010, I, I had my, my, my little girl, mm-hmm. and I was told that she has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know much about the, the condition. I mean, I knew what it was, but not, not enough to, not to know how to handle it and all that, what it actually meant. And um, as time went on, she was also diagnosed with autism. Mm. And the struggles you know, began and it was very frustrating and school was having a hard time with her. She was having a hard time herself and everybody was just miserable. Mm. And, um, and so I decided to 
So I'm going to take things in my own hands just to try something because I'm not a trained teacher per se. I mean, I've done some training in terms of adult teaching, but not for children. I, I didn't want anything to do with, with working with children. Mm. But um, when you're faced with a situation like this, you either sink or you swim. So mm. I decided that I had to swim. So working, I just decided to, to just try a few things with her at home, rudimentary items, and then just using paper to make cards and all that. And I realized that she was really learning the concepts. You know, she was learning the, the vocabulary and, and also the, um, the, the written words. And I developed that into a system, uh, which was later recognized by a few organizations, including the British Invention Society and all that, uh, that recognized us and gave us an award for that and a few others. And I realized that this is a useful tool that could be used for other people, other children. Mm. Uh, and this is just basically how it started. It's nothing, you know, mind-blowing. It's just something that I was so frustrated and I decided, you know, I've been commissioned, you know, given this child for a reason. Everybody is here for a reason and, and she's no different. And if she's going to achieve her potential, then she's going to need help. And I thought that all along I was helping her to achieve her potential. And really when I look at it now, I think it's the other way around. It's she who is helping me <laughs> to, yeah. to really you know, achieve my potential and to really reach out and to, to respect my calling and, and go for that. You yeah. Know. yeah. That's where it starts. Yeah. So that's where it all started. And I want to stress from frustration to innovation. Can you um, maybe dive into a bit more of the frustrations and, and um, tell us a little bit about what that was like? Because there may be people listening in, in who have children who are suffering from autism or from learning disabilities or Down syndrome and maybe they've given up and maybe they're, they've gone from frustration to just uh, numbness. <laughs> so do you want to share with us some of the frustrations you, you, you dealt with? Yes, indeed. Uh, what I would say, first of all, is giving up is not an option. Mm. You know, we have these children and it, it, we have now been given a responsibility to help them to achieve and to grow and to nurture them. And the fact that I had a choice, I could have, when I heard that she would have Down syndrome, I, could, I had a choice, I could terminate. And, mm. I, and, I, and I decided not to. So mm. if those of us, and I'm not condemning people who do that, if people have their choice and they, they, they may take that route and it's not for me to say either way, but I chose not to. And, um, and if you have taken that decision and, and, and gone forward, yes, there, it can be frustrating, because nobody asks for a disabled child. Mm. You know, we all have our dreams. I mean, I said, I have my degree. Her dad has his degrees. My, my parents, you know, they, they, they pushed us to be educated and all that. So for me, education is a big thing. And to be told, to, be, to have a child and to be told, actually, I was actually told one day, and I think this was a catalyst for the change, uh, by one of her teachers in school. Her name is Shari. My, my little girl's name is Shari. And the mm. teacher said to me, Shari needs to learn to make a sandwich. You know, this was one day, uh, you know, after school, you know, the usual teacher, teacher, parent group, parent teachers meeting. Mm. And I was asking about her, pro her progress and all that. And she said, you know, she needs to learn to make a sandwich. And mm. I said, okay. And mm. her, I think that what she was saying to me was basically, don't worry about academics, you know, don't, don't worry about her learning to read. She just needs to, to learn life skills. Mm. And they gave up I, on I her. They gave up on her. Absolutely. And you, what, what I'm saying to uh, the parents and hopefully parents who are listening, whether your child has been diagnosed or not, but maybe just maybe slower in, in their learning or learn a bit differently. Don't take that from anybody. It is mm -hmm. your child. You know, mm -hmm. and that's what I did that day. I went home. I was very courteous. I said, OK, thank you. You know, I, I, I knew in my gut what a thank you meant. You know, it meant, OK, you, you, you're saying that my child can't learn and I'm going to show you that she will learn. Whatever she teaches, she's going to learn. If she doesn't have a degree, that's, that's, not, that's not the end of the world. I have a degree, but you know something, I didn't have to have a degree. I would still live, mm. you know? Mm. So basically, I'm going to take it in my hands because you're not going to dictate my child's future mm. and by, by extension, my future. So I, I, I just um, came home. So these are the kind of things that you will hear in, in, um, in, in the environment, people will say things. Some of them won't even look at you. You know, they, they're, not, they're not scared. They're scared to say anything to you. Like they're sorry for you. You're not to be sorry for. Your child is here for a reason. And mm -hmm. I'm so happy that she is the way she is. To be honest with you, when it happened, I cried. I didn't want to know. I didn't want anybody telling me anything. 
I just felt like I just wondered why me, you know, why me? Of course. Of course. Absolutely. You know, I've had I had a few miscarriages before she came along and I thought, you know, no, 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 this one is born and look at what is happening. And I was really, really angry. I'm not gonna pretend that it was it was welcome, you know, and, and it took a little while to recognize that this was my life now. Mm. And there are other parents who will understand what I'm saying, and because it may be difficult to understand if you have not been there. Right. And parents, both men and women, you know, mm. moms, dads, even extended family. Mm. But, you, but it comes a time when you have to say to yourself, "This is what it is," and how can we make it? How can we take it forward? What do I have to do? This is my canvas. This is what I have to paint on. What picture am I going to paint? Am right. I going to have a gloomy life? Am I going to have a gloomy picture? Mm. Or am I, going to, am I going to paint sunshine and really go into that sunshine? Am I going to light my candle and walk into, into the light? Or am I going to sit down and say, okay, she can only learn, make a sandwich. And mm. that day I got home and I was really down and depressed, you know. And I was maybe talking to myself as I normally do sometimes. And I found myself saying, well, I don't think I can repeat that here, but, but anyway, <laughs> I, just, I, I can't repeat what I actually said. I said, you, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. no. And you would think that people were listening to me, had an audience. I didn't have an audience, it was just me. But I was taking that decision that I was going to put this behind me and this child is going to learn whatever she can learn. She's going to learn and I'm not going to have them telling me she can only do life skills. And it's quite I tell patronizing, you, isn't it? To say, it's quite patronizing to say, Oh, she needs to learn how to make a sandwich. That's very, that's a very kind of um, insidious, backhanded insult, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And she was a very good teacher. I wouldn't take that from her because my little girl, ironically, she learned the most in her class. She learned all the phonics and all that, you know, but for some reason she wrote her off, you know, and I said, no, and I kind of said, you know, She's gonna make sandwiches, you know. Clearly, you learn to make sandwiches yourself, and you have eaten them all. But you know, my little girl did not make sandwiches, other, you know, because she was a bit larger, you know. And I was really upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so I, and that is what it came. So sometimes when people throw these challenges out to you, you have to rise to the occasion. Absolutely. Rise to it. Don't lie down and coil up, you know, because they're not better than you. Your child is here for a reason, and I think we have been strategically positioned to help those children to get where they need to go. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Okay. So there were quite a few frustrations. So then what happened next? Obviously it wasn't an automatic, okay, let's create this product, but how did the pocket learner come about? So I started to work. As, as I said, I used to use, you know, paper that I was around, you know, I had around here and I just started to show other words. I don't know why I started to do it, but I just started to do it. And I had some some flashcards that had been given and bought on, a, on Amazon and all these places. But these ones that I, I make, I find that um, she, she was really appreciating them and learning them. And then I took her to the hospital and she would look at the walls and she would see elephant and giraffe and tiger, you know, and she would read them. Mm. And I realized she's really getting into it. And okay, the pictures were there. And mm. then I took the pictures away and she could still read the words. And I just kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And I realized, you know, she's taking, taking, taking. Mm. You know, so all I'm saying to parents is, you know, push your child. You just don't know how far she'll go. You don't, right. don't assume that they will not, they will not learn. Don't, I don't assume that you know, you know, this child can't do this, can't do that. Get out that other vocabulary and have a can-do attitude. And I push her until she can't go any further. You know, mm. and not only in academics, but also even in simple things like maybe potty training. I thought, oh my God, I'm just telling her on a potty train, you know, because she has all these learning difficulties and all this thing. And the moment I took away the nappy, you know, one week she was potty trained. You know, we, we yeah. assume yeah. that we can't, we can't do things, but we are just, we have to take the limits off of the children, put them on ourselves if you want to put somewhere, put them on ourselves, but take them off the children. The children will learn if you push them and they yeah, learn that different that's that's And that is why the pocket learner is so flexible because it means a child can learn one word a day or one word every other day, or 10 words a day. It just depends on that child. It's not a prescription. It's just basically how you work with the child with it, the frequency of it, you know, the intensity, the nurturing that goes along with it, the fun that you build into it, you know, all of these things. And it's just wonderful to see the change that these children, and I mean, even high-functioning autism children, autistic children are using it 
too. And their parents initially would have said, oh, you know, no, the children are high functioning. But they use it for other things. You know, they take it to them in, with them in the kitchen and they can use it to point out things. They build stories. It's out of this world. And I just think that, you know, it's been given to us, you know, for me to share. As I said, I am Caribbean um, heritage. And I know that if we were in the Caribbean, my little girl and myself would struggle to find materials. Mm. You know, and, mm. and, and, and so I, I'm really keen to get this out there for other children who, whose, whose families are, are worried or are frustrated like I was. So even if a child cannot be in the school environment because there is no such thing, they can use it at home. It's made for parents primarily. Right, right, right. So what are some of the features of the pocket learner? The Pocket Learner is a book without words. So it has books and no words. You put your words in. And then we have a number of different themes, uh, cards of different themes. So it comes with vegetable cards and animals cards. And we also have fruits cards. Any theme you want a child to learn. And there are blank cards for that we encourage parents to, to engage with it. So the blank cards, you if you want your child to learn about fish, I don't have fish cards. So basically you make your own fish cards using the blank cards that we have. You know, it's, it's just very flexible. You can you just build what you want to do. And it's lovely to hear the parents telling me how they are using it. You know, and I mean children too who have no challenges at all. They use it for different things. Um, on the Pocket Learner site, you can see different people, different people. We have some speech therapists, they're using it with their children uh, just to learn different things, you know, learn stories. Uh, there's a numerous set there help, helping them to learn to count it's just very, very versatile. And it's all images? So it's all, it's for the visual it's, learner? Yeah, it's visual, visual yes, yes. Um, so it's vis- images, words on cards, and visual pictures on cards. Mm. And, and then the learner, the person who learns by doing, they, they also have the, you know, the, um, different, different little pictures and stuff that they can put in, like the maths one has some little apples and all that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's sort of difficult to explain. It's, it's such a simple concept that it's hard to explain. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's basically yeah. A word, a word. It's pocket for a reason. Pockets because they are put into pockets, and even those pockets that the children are putting the the pictures into, it it help their motor skills. Come in, if our children struggle with motor skills, mm. you know they they, they, they <laughs> want to put into slots. So it means putting a coin into a slot machine or anything like that. It practice it help them to practice that. So it's pretty much, okay, so for the visual learner, you're able to look and see the cards. And by looking at the cards, you identify whatever you see with the word. For the kinesthetic yeah. learner, you can, you can actually move cards around and put them into different places and match and that kind of thing. Yes. Right? Yes. But it's and you can, you can use them to tag. You can use them to tag. Like I have a, a card marked sofa and, and I put the thing, let a child put the card on the sofa. You know, use it... Like, as a game also, you try it on the floor and children can, you know, if I want my little girl to go upstairs and I want her to do some exercise in the house, I have the cards upstairs. You know, there are three elements to the pocket learner. One okay. is pictures on the, on the card. The cards are, are just about um, like poker size cards. Mm-hmm. So pictures on cards. The second thing is words on cards. And the third very important element is rewards. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and those rewards are, are dependent on each child. Again, again, as I said it's highly personalized. So the, the parents will know what reward a child is interested in. My little girl, she likes little crisp and little, little nuts and all that, you know. So it's not about feeding the child; it's about keeping the child's attention. Because many of many of our children, they they have a shorter attention span, you know. Mm. They love to jump. Some some artists even love to jump and run around and all that. But if you have something to hold their attention, some of them like iPad. Um, some like music, whatever it is that that, um, that 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 child likes, you know, you can reward them with that and keep their attention so that you can learn. It's learning by stealth, so they're actually learning and working towards something. We all like rewards. We are we are human beings. We like to we work for pay. That's a reward, you know. So the same thing for these children, you know. If you want them to do something, then you give them something, something, you know. And yeah, people absolutely. might call it bribe if they want to call it bribe. I'm not fussed if the point is that it does work. <laughs> yeah, you know, as someone who now works in education, I, I, I will say, especially working in a in a in a culture that's not my own, 
in a, in a, with ESL learners, you know, that's a big thing too. People who, in, kids whose native languages and English and so on and so forth. It's very yeah. easy to, and I see it around me, I observe it. It's very easy to, um, to just kind of pass, pass it off and say, oh, well, they're not going to learn and, or, oh, it's too difficult or, oh, it's their culture. It's, it, it's very easy to, to build up excuses, but having taught now and having really observed it has nothing to do with culture and environment and all those things. It's all about expectation. You know, if you, if a child comes into your classroom and I see it with my own students and you set the bar really, really high, yes, they're going yeah. to complain. And yes, they're going to, Oh, teacher. Oh my God. Teacher, blah, 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 blah. Like my students do, but they're going to rise to the occasion because you've set the standard so high. They kind of have no choice. And once you push, yeah. them, like you said, they will learn. But, you know, kids, number one, kids know when you give up on them. They're not stupid. Mm -hmm. They know when you've already given up on them. And number two, they know when you don't care. They know when you're just going into the classroom and when you're just ticking your box and doing your daily job versus, okay, this teacher really wants me to know something. This teacher really wants me to learn. And even with yes. the learners, it's, there's a huge challenge because you're constantly looking for innovative ways to teach the material. And you want to teach them yes. in a way through almost through like a, a funnel, which is their culture for them to understand. Cause you really have to hit it on their level. So yes. as, like even your, the pocket learner is good for teaching languages because language and cards and visuals, that, that's a good way to learn as well. Absolutely. I, I had some Chinese friends here um, that last two years ago, I think it was, and we were just testing the pocket learner with them and they used, they wrote the Chinese language on one side of the card uh, and, um, and English in the bottom part of the card. And they were able to learn those words in a short period of time that I, that I saw them. Yeah. You know, so pocket learner can be used for language learning too, especially people who struggle mm -hmm. with language learning. Yes. Exactly. So I 100% agree with you that, um, children if you if you if you don't push them they're never going to learn it's all about the expectation it has nothing to do with the environment it has nothing to do with where they grew up where they come from the color of their skin uh, how much money they have as long as when they enter that classroom they know the teacher is going to expect high quality from me they will rise to the occasion and they and once once they see that you are disappointed in them oh my goodness it's like oh teacher She's not happy with me today, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely, yes. And it's not only children, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I have the ACT training services and for years I've been training young adults into, to get into employment. Mm -hmm. And many of them have come there with a degree and they, they come with an attitude sometimes. And, and, and when, when you tell them certain things and all that, they just feel that like because they have the degree, you know, they have arrived and all that. But in mm -hmm. ultimately, they thank you. Ultimately, they thank you. Yeah, they remain in class. They have a choice. They don't have to stay. They're adults. If they want to go, they go. But after the second day, you don't expect them to come back because they've been so, you know, taken aback by you being so pushy and, and, and setting the bar so high. Mm. But they do come back and they thank you ultimately. You know, so pe people like discipline. They like, they like yeah, to be pushed. They, no, they do. They do because they give my, my students, for example, give me an attitude and they'll be really mean. But then... They'll, you'll hear from their teach from another student. Oh, you know, she she really likes you, teacher. I'm like, really? But she's so rude to me in class, and she doesn't like to do her work. Oh no, she likes you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, they do. I think they do. They, young people want to be pushed. Adults want to be pushed. We all want to be pushed. You know, it's it's in our human nature to to just become uh, just comfortable. But we all deep down inside, we want to be pushed. We want to be better. We want to do better. We don't want to be complacent. That's so true. One thing I would say is that growth does not take place in comfort. Mm -hmm. You know, for you to grow, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it hit me one day when, when um, I was teaching something to one of my students and they didn't do well. It was like some kind of assessment. And the kid turned to me and said, I'm sorry, teacher. And I said, sorry, why are you sorry? Why are you sorry for me? You need to be upset with yourself, you know? And another colleague said, because, you know, the child knows that he disappointed you, so he's sorry. And it just kind of hit me like, oh, so he actually cares then, you know? But, um, and they do, they do. Everybody cares, everybody cares. So I think the fact that you took, 
you took that experience and you kind of turned it around and, and, and made it work in your favor is a really good thing. And that was your opportunity. That was kind of your defining moment. And if you didn't do that, the pocket learner would have never come about, right? Absolutely not. You know, as I said, I was never interested in working with children. It was never my yes. calling at all. I you know, know, I, I just... Know. I, know, I just wanted yeah. to work with adults and, and get on with it. But when you're faced with a situation, you have to, you have to do something about it. And um, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have come about it had she not been born. Definitely. So I'm on your website, uh, pocketlearner.net. Is that the correct yeah. website? And is, yes. the Pocket Learner is a multi-award winning educational system. So you've won quite an, a number of awards in, in Britain, in the UK. Yes, if you click on the, the, page, the page at the bottom, it says awards. You see the awards there. We, ha we have the International European Women Inventors and Innovators Award. Yes, I in saw that, yeah. Um, we have the British Invention Society World Invention Awards 2014. I saw we that. We have British Female in Inventors and Innovators Network Awards, International Awards 2014. And we also have the Black Enterprise Mogul Award 2016. Yeah, I know. Lots of awards. And it also shows how you can use the pocket learner for building vocabulary, for learning numbers, for developing language, new languages, learning to read, um, for assessing and for revising. So it's really a, a, a full loop system. It connects all the dots. It does. And someone was telling me recently that they're using it with their mother who had a stroke. I wow. didn't know that. It could, be, it could be used like that. But she said, yes, the mom, very, very happy with it because I didn't realize that when you have a stroke, it's difficult to learn. To, you have to learn to speak again. Your neuro, then it's a neurological kind of, the, the yeah. they're all broken down. Yeah, yeah. And it says yeah. here, the system has been proven um, to be successful with, pe with people suffering from Down syndrome, autism, dyslexia, communication difficulties resulting from a stroke like you just yes. mentioned. so it's it's yeah. multi-purpose for from the youngest to the eldest absolutely i mean it started from a place of a special needs yeah. uh, and ironically most of the people who are buying it now are people who have just young children you know who realize it's a fun way for, for them to learn you know um but you know where it started from. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely see this. It's, it would be a great tool for ESL learners, for young yes. ESL learners, because uh, especially if they're visual, oh my God, they love this. They love it. They would yes. love it. So it's, it's a great tool. So, okay. So let's talk now about your over, the overarching business. I know the pocket learner is just one innovation that you have. Can you tell us uh, about, your, your other businesses and what you're doing overall as a social entrepreneur? Yes, ACT, AC my, my life is, bro is broken into two parts. Mm -hmm. My little girl's name is Shari. So the first part is before Shari and the second part is after Shari. <laughs> okay, right. Shari. Pre and post Shari. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. all of this happened post Shari, uh, mm -hmm. with all the business and all that, because she was born in 2006 and the, the company was, was um, incorporated in 2006 also, after, after she was born. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, this child is a blessing for you, your child, because she has pretty much made all sorts of radical changes in your life. You know? Absolutely. You know, before her, I was sort of a businesswoman. You know, I mean, I, I was just focused on tangibles, you know, and, and just life, quality of life and all that. But, um, but now I realize that, you know, I have to stop a little bit and smell the roses along the way, you know, appreciate the environment. Yeah. You know, I was just, I, yeah, yeah, so she's made me a bit a better person, I think, yes. What you think is um, a curse is usually a blessing, you know, depending on your perspective, Italian perspective? You know, I write, I don't know if you saw my Facebook page, but I do write these little things sometimes. And I remember writing one that says, one person sees a hole, another person sees an opening. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's all perspective, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, their glass is, glass is always half empty. No matter what, good things, bad things, they're always half, half walk around with half, half empty glass. And then there are others who, Glass is always half full. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So, okay. So going back to your businesses then, pre-Shari and post-Shari. Okay. So pre, pre was basically this diplomatic service and, and qualifications and stuff. But this, this uh, post-Shari is, is more interesting. Uh, I started it, uh, at training services in 2006 and it really was to work with people who are 
so-called vulnerable people who are looking for employment, uh, may not have enough qualifications, and maybe don't have the enough, um, don't, doesn't, don't have employability skills to, in order to access employment. And so we started that company to help them to, to, get, to, to get their uh, interview skills up to scratch, to get short qualifications, you know, short meaning up to five days of training. Could be a security job they're going into. So not necessarily high-level training or anything like that. And many of these people were from in other, other countries. Who, they may be qualified in their country, but here in the UK, they can't get the job that they want. Um, mm -hmm. One of the most ex extreme cases was we had somebody in our security class who was a trained commercial pilot in his country. He's from Pakistan. Mm. Uh, and he, he, he's a trained commercial pilot. And he, in the UK, was training to be uh, um, to work in security. Yeah, you know? that and happens said, all the time with immigrants. Yeah, and I said, why? And he said, look, my name is Mohammed, and I'm from Pakistan. People are not going to let me fry their plane. That's what he said to me. Huh. You know? Well, this was, this not was many exactly, years ago. <laughs> he's not exactly not saying the truth. He could change his name. Uh, if he really wanted to, and he could, I mean, maybe he shut himself out. He could change his name, but I could see his point. I mean, you know, in in the mm. 9-11 era, in yeah, the is, Islamophobic era that we live in, he's kind of uh, buried his dreams, but there's always a way around it. But it sounds like he also kind of gave up as well. Like, hmm. I think, yeah, it was sad to see because, you know, this was somebody who had great potential and talent and all that. And, and um, he didn't complete the course, so I figured maybe he, he found him his way eventually. Mm. Um, so, you know, because really and truly he deserved a lot more than that. Mm. But, uh, but, but that's, it happens all the time. Immigrants, you know, who were doctors and lawyers, they moved to the U.S., they moved to Europe, and they're driving cabs. Absolutely. So I saw that and I was able to help many of those people to get into employment. Um, it's a stepping stone, you know, they, they, many of them who, had the, who wanted to, you know, were able to use it as a step. To, into bigger things and it was great to see many people got into into, into um, the job that they wanted it took a while but mm. they eventually got there at least they got on the ladder mm. they were able to pass interviews in the, here in, the, in this country and get the CV sorted out and those who wanted qualifications got, got them to do so that's what we've been doing from 2006 and um and in 2013 uh, we also formed the Campus Foundation which is a and just close close to my heart, really. Basically, every year we send send items across to. We have been sending them to the Caribbean recently. Like last year, we sent to four different Caribbean countries. Toys, mm. uh, clothing, whatever we can get from people. I, all, all I do is ask for help, you know, and I and I get people sending me things, mm. and we we put them together in a barrel and and send them off. So last year there were some hurricanes in 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 the Caribbean area. Oh yeah, we had a lot. Irma. Yeah. <laughs> So we, so we sent to Grenada, Antigua and Barbuda, um, Jamaica, mm. and the last one was, uh, I can't remember now, but there were four They're countries. They're right now preparing for some coming through this weekend, apparently. Yeah, there's something in my, going on in Florida or somewhere there in America. Somewhere. Isaac yeah. and so on, yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically what we do, we, that, that, that company is to work with frontline organizations in, in developing countries uh, to help them to to um to get items for the for the children that they work with this is special needs again um so basically to help them to acquire things for their play for health and for education right okay so those are two separate com companies um that we formed over the 10 year period wow so you're a busy woman you've got a lot going on I do, I do, I do have a lot, but you know, I'm very grateful too for help that I get. I can't take all the credit because I get a lot of help uh, in terms of items and all that. And I think I just lead the, the process and make sure it happens as opposed to actually doing it, you know. Um, and my next aim is to get the pocket learner out into those countries. As That's I said, what I was going to say. What's the next step for you with the pocket learner? What's the next step? I'm looking for help, to be honest with you, with that one because I, I need to. So I want to get blocks of the pocket learner, you know, into different, especially developing countries where mm. children are not going to school or they don't have resources in the schools for children who are slower or with special needs. When I look back in my own growing up in, in Jamaica, I remember quite a few, especially boys who could not pass an exam. And looking back now, they might have been on the autistic spectrum or they had learning difficulties, but nobody knew. We did not understand it. 
you know, people just call him dunce and all that, you know. And, oh, yeah. Like, you know, we in the Caribbean, you're dunce. You're just saying bright. Exactly. You can't yeah. do it. Oh, God. And we, we in the Caribbean, we worship academic success. And we don't realize that there's different types of learners. And I mean, I know it's changed a lot now, but, you know, we, yeah. a long time, we didn't have this mindset around different types of learners and kinds of learning. It was just either you're bright or you're dunce. <laughs> but, and then, but if you have special needs, if you have special educational needs, and you live in certain rural areas, you know, you may not have a school. You may not have a school to go to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to stay home. So this perfect yeah. learner, we want yeah. to get them into the hands of parents of such children. I many of those children die prematurely, and I th- and I think that they die of boredom, you know, mm. and the lack of wow. not learning. They're dying, you know. You feel that's not true. learning. You know, and that's such a good point because we fail to forget that. Our brain is a muscle. You know, I tell my students this all the time. You know, your brain is a muscle. And if you don't use it, it shrivels, it shrinks, it dies, you know. And they they kind of look at me like I'm mad, but it's true. And I think you're absolutely right. I think if a child, and those development years are so crucial, that's when you're soaking up everything like a sponge, you know. So imagine just not doing anything at all. And And if the parents are uneducated themselves, it's quite difficult because they don't yeah. know what to do or what not to do. So it's, 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 it's a challenging situation. It is difficult. And I mean, the good thing about the pocket learner, it can be adapted to any culture. So mm. if you have these cards, you know, you can put your, your, your Yoruba language on it, for example. It doesn't matter what language. Wow. You know, it can be used yeah. for anywhere. It's just a principle, the concept that's adaptable. So, yeah. so I'm saying it can go to any country. Right, and right. So the next step for you is then is building partnerships and relationships with people in the developing world who are interested in, in partnering with you to bring the pocket learner, whether it's into their organization or their school or their network or, or things like that. I think, I think maybe it's the other way around. I would, I would like to build partnerships with people in the developed world mm-hmm. who can afford to buy some, who can afford to pay for it. Mm. And they can determine where it goes. I, I don't care where mm. it goes, as long as it gets to the families. So Got it. I it's, see. It's a bit more. Exp- it's a bit too expensive for the developing world now at the, the moment. Product. So yeah, yeah, because we haven't been able to buy the the um the volume that will bring the economies of scale mm. and scope. Mm. So what what we want are partners in the developed world who can afford to say, okay, send a hundred pieces or a thousand pieces to this country, you know, and then we can identify people in those relevant countries who are able to take it and who can get a training in terms of how to use it with the children. Mm, got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. And why is it important for you to, to now, why now, why are you ready to branch off into, into other countries and work with different markets? I mean, we have done fairly well in the UK here. We, we have gotten funding from a few pots here and there, but I find that, because they, they seem to have more materials and they, they don't understand the value of it. We, we were able to send some, for example, to, to Uganda and you would not believe how grateful those people are for the one set that we sent them. I can, imagine. I can imagine. You know, so, so I realized that the need, the need is greater there than yeah. in the developed world. The developed world have some materials, you know, uh, and um, we have given us a few pocket learners because they have been funded for them and all that. But for me, I know that that need, because I am from the developing world myself. Mm. So I know that that need is there. Absolutely. Sure. there, And they appreciate it a lot more, but they can't afford it at the moment. So right. basically, can we find people who may be from there originally who want to help their village, for example, mm. you know, I want, can, can I have a hundred pieces, a thousand pieces to send to this village? You yeah. know, that sort of thing is what I'm looking for. And you can also align with uh, social enterprises, yes. other social enterprises who work with educational, let's say, uh, nonprofits on the ground or educational yes. organizations on the ground, almost like yes. a third party, almost like the manufacturer of the product. And then you go through a third party and then they would then distribute it on the ground. Absolutely. Because we don't want to be involved in all that bit of it. We want to get it to them, but through the right organizations. Yeah. And the embassies can, can often can help with that, you know, point out yeah. uh, organizations that we can talk to on the ground who, as long as they understand, you know, how it's used and the training is there, plus the website explains how it works too anyway. So, yeah. you know, yeah, that's all we need. We don't want to get into, you know, the, the distribution part of it, but really, yeah. can we get it into the hands of those schools and 
and individuals, you know, maybe through churches because that's where the children oh, yes. go, just oh, yes. wherever they are. So they may not be in the school. And the women, can... and the women, wherever you find women, you find kids. So Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the women and women's organizations, because yes. women's organizations are really at the forefront with anything having to do with children, anything. Yes. Yeah, so. and they, they care, yeah, and they spend more time with the children, you know, and they can educate the children themselves too, because that's it, it's a parent tool, first and foremost. What can parents do with it at home, you know, to, to help their children to learn? And then by extension, the schools can also use it. Okay, so this is the next step for you, going abroad, going overseas, you're looking to develop relationships, key relationships, key contacts with uh, various networks, organizations, individuals, churches, mosques, temples, whoever, right? Yes. <laughs> as long as, yes. as, long as they're, they're seeking out a tool and, and looking to, to partner, because obviously you want to do this work long term. Absolutely. I'm looking for people who, who, who love, who know what love is. It's yeah. one thing to say, it's one thing to say, I love mankind, I love somebody, as, as opposed to, love is a, is a verb, it's an action word too. So mm-hmm. we need to do love, not just say love, mm-hmm. you know? And, 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 and I mean, go beyond your, your family unit because you're obligated to your family to do things for them. But when you go beyond it and help people who you don't know, you know, who are not, you're not obligated to help them. That is true love. It's true. Yeah, that's, that's the, human, the human condition, you know, the, being a part of the wider human community, right? The global community. So I am looking on your website again and I'm, I'm here at the local giving page. It looks like you also accept donations. Would you like to talk to us about that? Yes, we, we do that. Um, we accept donations. If, and I mean, we have had crowdfunding events and so on. We accept donations. If people can donate through there, and then we can decide, decide who to give the. the pocket learners to be sent to XYZ place. So we tell you how much we can give for, for that amount. So whatever it is, you know. Okay. Um, it could be local for locally. You may decide you want to help my, my, um, here in, here in the UK, my borough here in the UK. It may be up to you to do that if you want to do that, but it may be more useful if we say, look, send them to this place in, you know, Timbuktu. It doesn't matter where we send them there. Mm, Okay. And do you think you'll be, um, creating another set of cards, like a higher version, a more difficult version or more products? We certainly will, but you know, when we create these items, we have to do a minimum number of 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 it, yeah, of, of each item. So it has to be warranted. You know, we can't ask them for hundred pieces. We have to create thousands of pieces of the same card. Absolutely. So it has. We have to have the demand in order to make to create this. So for the moment, we have eight sets of cards. Okay. So if you go on the shop on the shop page. You can see it. Yes, and also you've got. Obviously, you want to do trial and error before you put your your products out there and see what works and see what doesn't work etc because i i understand what you mean by ordering in bulk you can't just kind of show up and say oh i want 20 cards no one's going to make 20 cards <laughs> i mean it, it, no these things are built in, in i mean i have them done properly in 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 asia you know yeah. and they're shipped here so you have to have you know several pieces of the same thing Yes, here in China, right? The manufacturing yes. hub of the yes. world. <laughs> okay, yeah. so now that we know a little bit about you and your entrepreneurial journey and, and everything that you're doing, what um, words of encouragement, what words of advice do you have to offer? Say, um, it could be a parent who's in a frustrating, frustrating situation like yours, um, who's looking to, to do something or just a, an up-and-coming entrepreneur, budding entrepreneur, who is, who is interested in, in doing work uh, similar to yours, which is impactful, impactful work. Yes, um, to the parent, I would say, in the darkness, you can't perceive of the light. Then the light appears, and suddenly the darkness has purpose. Mm. Mm. They think about that, you know, in the early stages, it's like, it's so dark, it's so hard, can't find it. I can't see an end to this. It's such, you know, a hard journey to go on. And then later on, Eureka, this mm. was what this was all about. This was about me becoming me. This was about me. 
just just think of it that way. This is about you know the darkness has purpose. There was a reason for it. Which when you're going through it, you can't see that reason. Mm. But we live our lives backwards, you know. So when you look back, you know, hindsight is a great thing. You look back, you can say, sure. you know, after all, you know, and it's the same thing I'm doing. I'm just telling them what I've what I have done. It was tough initially. You cried, didn't want to know, and now looking back, I said. Gosh, that was what it was about. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And what about for, entre- for, for budding entrepreneurs? Yeah. Yeah. For the entrepreneur, I would say to them, are the budding entrepreneurs, my book is actually called Practical Business ABC, a guide for, for budding entrepreneurs. Yes, I wanted to ask you a bit more about that because that's our community is, is for the early stage entrepreneurs. So it'd be great for you to tell us more about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you know, when I said to you, when we had ACT training services and I saw a lot of people there who didn't have the academic knowledge in terms of how to do business and all that, but they were very, very bright. Otherwise, they have a lot to offer, mm. but they would struggle to do any business studies and all that. And I just started to write things down. I, when I, I just happened to bump into things, I don't tend to plan a long term, plan my life in a long <laughs> long distance yeah. side. so I was just writing things down and as I did my, as I started my business you know and I I realized that you know I did this MBA but gosh doing business is different from an MBA they mm. didn't tell me they didn't tell me that they didn't tell me that and I was it's writing all about management isn't it like the MBA yeah. is really about management yeah yeah exactly but when, when actually doing the business it's it's different you know and, and so I wrote them down Exactly. So now I realize I put them together in a book. And, I, and, and part of the reason why I did that is because of my students, because I realized that they, they every one of them had the ability to do their own business, those who wanted to. They could do their own business. They just didn't have the, the theoretical knowledge behind them. Mm-hmm. And so I documented this thing in a very easy A to Z. And mm-hmm. it's literally A to Z, you know? Mm-hmm. So A is for attitude. Start with, with your mind. You know, B is for bias, C is for creativity, all the way down to Z is for zest. Wow, I love that. You can dip in and dip out as you like, in and out as you like, because it is not, it doesn't, you don't have to read, it's not in an order. Yeah, depending on how you're feeling that day or what kind of mood you're in or what you're looking for. If you feel like giving up, you read R, which is resilience, you know, Mm. how to keep going, so Mm. sort of thing. So, Mm. So it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a what book as opposed to a how-to book. It tells you about marketing, but it doesn't tell you how to market. It tells you that you need to do some marketing, for example, you know, yeah. things like that. So that's and all I did was wrote, I wrote those things down. But more importantly, I also looked at the experiences of other entrepreneurs, people who are far ahead of me, right? and look at, their, look at their experiences, entrepreneurs and motivational personnel, and I put them in a the book too. You know, this yeah. is how Richard Branson did, did, did what he did, you know, when Ooh, he I fell love him. I love him. You know, and, and I have Les Brown in there when Les Brown was turned on. This, this is what, so this is also a bit inspirational and motivational. Yeah. Yeah. And that book was, it was written in 2010, actually. So, you know, yeah. Okay. And where can we find you? Would you mind giving us all of sort of your websites, your email address and those types of things, your contact information? Yeah, I, yeah. My pr- primary business, ACT Training Services. I, I take my emails there because I get I get them on my phone. You see, um, but before I, I, I tell you where I can find you, let me go back to the entrepreneurs. I have a word for them. Oh yes, please. Do which share. I'd asked about before, and this word is: you don't need to grow in order to reach. You need to reach in order to grow. Mm, that's true. Right. Don't wait until you're tall enough. Don't wait until I have enough money. Don't wait until all oh, this, this, this. No, you, you, you're you reaching. You've got to wait until you experience and you've got to wait. A lot of people use that as an excuse, you know. Oh, I'm not ready yet. I haven't done this. Oh, I'm not ready yet. I haven't done that. And it's like, come on, just do it. <laughs> yeah, because it's already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. That was really good. I like that. I hope they get that one, you know. It's quite proverbial, <laughs> quite proverbial. So where can we find you then? Yes, my, my primary uh, email address is uh, andrea at acttrainingco.com. And if that's too much, people can go on a pocket learner site, pocketlearner.net. Yeah. And, and, and link me there, you know, send me a, a contact or something there. 
Okay, okay. And is there anything, Andrea, that you need at the moment that you're looking for? I mean, I know you already said you want to build partnerships with people who can help you distribute your products, but is there anything in addition to that? Um, in terms of needs, I always like to be useful and helpful. So mm -hmm. I do sometimes um, go to speak. I have done quite a bit of speaking. Yeah. Uh, and and in, inspirational, I want to call it inspirational speaking to yeah. groups. You know, um, I'm happy to do presentations and all that. If it would inspire even one person, you know, it, it would make a difference if, um, if it's possible at all. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Um, paid or unpaid, just depending on how, what's, what's feasible at the time. Great, great. Well, Andrea, it has been an absolute pleasure. And before you go, I would like to thank you so much, not only for being on the podcast, but for all of the work that you do, uh, particularly with the pocket learner. Um, personally, I've been very inspired by listening to you from frustration to innovation. Um, sometimes we need to be reminded of the bigger picture. Sometimes we, be, we need to just hear somebody else's story to, to stay motivated and, and to stay on course because it's so easy to get caught up in the everyday nuances of life <laughs> and, think Indeed, that, yes. and, yeah, and think that, you know, this is it, but there's always a bigger picture. So thank you for um, providing myself and the listeners with perspective and with know-how and sharing your courage and um and your strength i mean obviously you know it's easy to say oh any mom would do that but every mom doesn't do it you know it takes a lot of courage to say okay this is not the fate that this is not the path my child is going to take and do something different and now you've created a product that a lot of people are benefiting from so thanks to you and thanks for to sherry as well yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate that very much. Um, thanks for, for the opportunity to share um, the pocket line and, and, and share my story. And I do hope that someone, even if it's one person, can find it inspirational and can really be that change agent for the child that you are taking care of. Absolutely. So if you are listening in, wherever you are in the world, if this is a product that is of interest to you, you know where to reach Andrea. She's given us our, her email address. And you can also email me at mainbirdsecretbirds at gmail.com and I can put you in contact with her. Her All of her information and her links will be up on the website. So you can also um, link with her directly there. So thank you again, Andrea. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope you come back on again once things progress a little bit more. Yeah. I look forward to that and I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. And thank you yeah. listeners for listening. Yes, it's been my pleasure. So that is it, folks. That is it for today. I hope you have learned something, been inspired, feel motivated. I know I do. And until the next podcast, bye for now.